You are entering another classroom, one so strange and unfamiliar it is scarcely recognizable as reality. Your next stop ahead, the Oddity Film Society. you got us to listen to. This week we watched Melina Matsukas's Queen and Slim and let me get the other guy's name, sorry, <laughs> Jonathan Lynn's Clue. There we go. I'm Thomas and that's I'm Sydney. from the other people. Wait. Oh no, we're doing it in a wrong order. <laughs> Can we restart? <laughs> Wrong order. No, I, th- I say we just go with it. Wait, what's the wrong order? Oh no. Okay, well, I'm Cameron. <laughs> I'm Anderson. Go, Parker. Okay, yeah, I'm Parker. And who else do we have? Miranda. Hi. Hello. Say your name. Hi. I'm Miranda. And give your address. Don't do that. Okay. Uh, so we're off to a fantastic start. Wait, what up? You didn't, did Sydney introduce herself? She yeah, did. I did. Oh, man. This is just, we're just falling apart immediately at the beginning. Thomas, this you, is... you spoke over her introduction of herself. Oh, no, that was me. Oh, was it? Okay. It was all of us. Okay. Uh, Sorry about that. We should do it uh, one time where we uh, we introduce each other and we give a brief uh, biography of everybody. We do it for each other. Um, okay, so okay, I was just looking at our sound levels and we look a little quieter quieter than we did before, um, but that's okay. I think doesn't matter. Have we, have we ever been in the red? while we're recording from at home or is that usually only when it was at school uh only when people squeal or when we do um some uh uh what do you call it when it's like sound uh like like when people are really into the sound of something and we like no but like 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 the the sound of like people's lips like smacking and Oh, <laughs> ASMR. What, what is that? Okay. The, what are you talking about? Uh, ASMR. Sometimes. ASMR. We've done some Oddity Film Society ASMR. Oh, I, really? Eh? No. <laughs> I remember one time we tried to get the sound of somebody blinking. That was pretty oh, good. Yeah. Then I think there was one time we, we tried to uh, capture the sound of somebody peeling a grape. That was good times, too. Uh, I think I, we started this the, when we were in grade nine, when we did the Stoker podcast. I think we started it with, uh, I think it was, am I allowed to say names? Uh, yeah, don't Ask, say a last name. Okay, I think it was Julia. She started 
uh, Stoker podcast with rolling a hard boiled egg mm-hmm. right into the microphone. That's a thing from Stoker. I uh, I do love me the sound design of Stoker. Um, if nobody's if, or if you have not seen Stoker, it is beautiful and auditorily satisfying. A little a little twisted, um, but uh, oh, it's a it's a gorgeous movie. It's I think style over substance, but I I love it. Uh, I think it's currently on Disney, oddly enough. <laughs> I I still I know you have to like do like settings, so like not like a kid couldn't just go on there and see Stoker, but I still find it funny when I like go on Disney Plus. I'm like, oh, I'm being recommended this movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that Stoker, like the guy who wrote Dracula? Like, is that the same 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 thing or no? No, it is not. It's uh, it's a family okay. name, but I think you're supposed to. It's supposed to conjure up, I think, some uh, horror sort of uh, connections. Mm, okay. But it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very good. When I when I first started watching it, I thought that there might be some sort of vampire connection. Um, and it's not some some definitely like some Hiller, um, like horror thriller. I was I that came out Hiller. I guess I combined those. Um, but and yeah, I, I recommend it. It's uh it's it's pretty luscious. So uh, news features. I will start off with one of mine. Um, it is not. Um, it's not really, I guess, film news, but uh, it's that Donald Trump has started his own um, platform that he can share his ideas with the world and not be edited. Uh, so I came across this when I was looking up our films on uh, movieguide.org. Um, it's a, a, a very, very conservative website that uh, polices movies and they had an article um, and I'll read a brief little excerpt of it. Um, In response to Facebook, Twitter, and other members of big tech who have sought to silence conservative voices, former President Donald Trump recently announced his new communication platform where he can speak freely and safely. And so I thought this was <laughs> worth giving it a peek. And so I went in and uh, it's Donald D- DonaldJTrump.com. Um, you can check it out. And uh, it's just like a long tumbler of his like tweets and whatnot. And so here's one from April 4th. Um, Happy Easter, all, including the radical left crazies who rigged our presidential election and want to destroy our country. Is your uh, is your username for that uh, website the same as your letterboxed? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, but, uh, ooh, how many letterboxed followers do I currently have? You have 24 and I have 25. Trust uh, me, I'm keeping how can How do you know how many I have? I look. Okay. How do you look? If you go to my profile and scroll down, you can see how many I have and you have. So you're stalking me. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, that's weird. Um, all right. I, I both and and Cameron. I was because I, I think on one of the podcasts I was like, it's like civil war. Which side are you on? And then Sydney, <laughs> and then I think Sydney said, "Do I have to unfollow one of you?" And I was like. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, if one of you is, and then I thought, well, if one of them is in in the lead, then why why not just follow both? Not, <laughs> unfollow one of them, like at the end of the year, but not tell them who I'm unfollowing until then, so it's a surprise. 
I, I, would... I followed both of them. Cameron followed me back. Anderson didn't. So I think I'm getting close to unfollowing him. <laughs> I don't follow anybody. I'm building like I'm building like an alliance. Like one of my favorite films on it is Pride and Prejudice, and that's where me and Sid bond. So Aww. exactly. I think I'm outside now. <laughs> I will uh, retroactively go back and raise your mark, Sydney. And Parker, I currently teach you, so I would I would make your choices very carefully. Uh, so I thought that was kind of fun. And uh, another piece of news, this is a little bit more uh, movie-related. It has to do with our podcast. And uh, just recently, over the, uh, the last couple weeks be- between uh, Big Drum and Little China, that podcast and this podcast, we have passed a thousand downloads. Hey! Yeah. Oh. Woo! That's kind of fun. <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought that was kind of kind of cool. Uh, so Cameron, you said that you had some news that you wanted to get to. Yes, um, the ninety third Academy Awards happened, mm-hmm. which uh, I feel like we should bring up since we're a movie podcast. Um, best picture was Nomadland, mm-hmm. which. I did not see, but they like dominated the awards this year. Um, but I think that also has something to do with like nobody saw the movies this year, mm-hmm. and it was really a really a high contestant for 2019's Oscar or whatever the ones were before this one. I had watched every movie in every category. I was on it. I knew like what I was gonna like root for, who was gonna win. But this year, I just threw my hands up. I didn't even watch it. Um, and I know I wasn't the only one because, like, they had super low ratings this year. Um, but, yeah, Anthony Hopkins won Best Actor for The Father. Uh, Frances McDormand uh, won Best Actress for Nomadland. And then the international feature film was Another Round. And then Best Director was Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Nomadland. So, I don't know. I didn't. I haven't really heard of the movies. I heard of Nomadland, but I didn't watch it. It's on Disney now, I think. I gotta get Disney. I I, I don't have it. Um, Soul won so best many. animated feature. I'm just looking at uh, the things as well. Um, I think it's really nice that uh, that a female director won best director and a female directed movie won best picture. I think that's that's nice to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I there are a few of the best picture nominations that. I would like to see, but I haven't seen any of them. Um, for Best Picture, there's The Father, um, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, uh, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and Trial of the Chicago Seven. Um, but I've seen zero of those movies. There's yeah, so many I'm... movies. Sorry, go ahead. There's so many movies like out there now that I've like wanted to see. I have uh, all kinds of interesting movies on my Netflix list. And you'd think during a time like this, you'd watch more movies, but I almost feel like I have watched less just, this sounds interesting. So I'll watch that, you know, mm-hmm. for me, uh, I don't know if I'm watching less, I'm watching different things. I'm watching things a little bit more to fill the time and to just be distracted. I'm finding my attention span is shorter, and I think it might be because uh, 
I don't know, like, I just feel like I'm in a funk like everybody else. Like, I think I'm a little depressed. Um, and so when I'm watching something, I, I find myself watching more just easy to digest things instead of watching something challenging and something uh, unusual. I'm watching a lot more just sort of like, here's something that will distract me for an hour and a half to two hours. Yeah. In my yeah, room. I agree. Sorry. No, you go. Uh, yeah, you'll definitely see that with, like, what I've been watching lately. You'll see that in my list, that it's, like, mostly rewatches, and I'm just, like, not wanting to have to think about... I just want it to be presented to me, mm -hmm. at, like, right now. I don't really feel like... Especially, like, with school being heavy and everything, I just want to, like, not have to think. <laughs> and, and the movies that we've been watching recently for the podcast, uh, we've been angling a little bit more to, I think, lighter things. I know we contemplated doing uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer, but it's it's a little dark. I, I would love to talk about it. Um, but uh, sticking to something light and, and making it a little bit more fun is, uh, I don't know, maybe a way to go. Maybe we can talk about revisiting that. Um, so, uh, anything else about the Oscars? Uh, no, that's no? it. Okay. Uh, Thomas, you had oh. some... Oh. I guess this is kind of related to the Oscars. Apparently, it was supposed to be filmed like a movie. It's like Steven Soderbergh or something. But yeah. it, does it? I mean, I only watched a little bit about it. Even State of the End, where like all the uh, bigger awards happened. But it, did anybody else who saw it get the impression that it felt like a movie? I didn't watch it. I remember thinking that the camera looked like the quality of it looked really good, but uh, um, like I did, like the the camera they were using to film looked like a like one you'd see at a movie. But I just I didn't really think much more of that. I like you. I only watched the last three or four awards. I think like Best Actress was the first one I watched. I I, I didn't act. I didn't even. Uh, I, I only watched the beginning. I didn't even get to any of the. I found out. Oh, I mean, yeah. I found out from my English teacher about uh, Nomadland winning all the all the uh, awards. But yeah, so I, it, it sounded like an interesting concept. But and I think there were times where I was like, "Oh, they're kind of switching between shots a, a little bit," but it still felt pretty raw, like the like just any award show is. Or being filmed like off the cuff. I'm not sure how much mm -hmm. you can really doctor that to make it uh, more cinematic, but it's really cool that Steven Soderbergh was the uh, the one that sort of uh, oversaw it all. And I I'm not sure if you'd call him a director, maybe more a producer, uh, to get it made. And uh, for somebody like him who who loves film and is steeped in it. I think it's that's a an interesting choice. Me and you were talking about him recently. Uh, is he the guy who like just like re-edits movies and puts them out on YouTube? Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and like the guy who uh, he he won. <laughs> I think he's retired a few times from filmmaking, but I think the first time he retired, he uh, he just became like a second unit um, cinematographer for the Hunger Games movies, just mm. just to 
keep working just to to do something in past time but he wanted to step away from i think the the pressures of of overseeing a film and then yeah in his spare time he'll just find a movie and he'll he'll recolor it and he'll put it on youtube until they take it down and <laughs> he'll re-edit things it's yeah he's he loves film so uh thomas you said that you had uh, some news that you wanted to get to yeah, I guess this is one, well, two things, but they're related. Um, both related to uh, Spider-Man 3 No Way Home. Um, so it seems at this point, this is kind of, I guess, kind of a spoiler, but also it's one of those things where it's like everybody knows, I think, at this point. But I think uh, Alfred Molina has pretty much confirmed that he's going to be in it as Doc Ock, and also as, like, the same Doc Ock as in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2 movie from 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, that was... Sorry. Yeah, I, I... It was something about, like, uh, it's, it's going to pick up right where we left them in the river. I don't, there was some interview, I think. But that's interesting. Yeah. I saw that. I was interested by that because, like, he, he redeems himself and then he goes into the, like, the thing, right? And then he dies. But, like, what, how are they gonna do that if he's already redeemed by that point? Like, is he gonna be, is he gonna be bad or what? And then the other question that raises is, is Toby Maguire gonna come back? Because, like, there's all kinds of stuff. Because, like, and the same, they bought, uh, Jamie Foxx, too, is coming back as Electro. But why would they pick these two guys? As much as I did, like, Alfred Molina's Doc Ock and not, and not the Spider-Man. So it, I don't know. I'm, uh, yeah, that was, I was really intrigued by that. But, I, oops. I think they're bringing Andrew Garfield in, too. Which I think is a bold choice. <laughs> I was, that's where I'm getting to my next point. Um, actually, it is related to Andrew Garfield. There was another interview with him. It was like a Zoom interview. I think he was promoting another movie that's just come out with him in it. And he seemed like he wasn't in it. Like, they were asking about it. But he didn't say no. They're like, yes or no. And he was just like, I didn't get the call. So yeah, he, he didn't say no. But he could have got a letter. He could have got an email. That doesn't mean <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly, I could care less if he comes back. Though I'm, I'm just, I really want to see Tobey Maguire back again because he, he's, he's my favorite Spider-Man by, by a lot. But yeah, then again, I'm a little concerned though if he does come back that they won't handle him properly. Like they'll, they'll make a mess of it. Who's running it? Is it Sony or is it Disney still? I think it's Sony. Okay. I I have more faith in Disney to do uh, a good job, if a safe job. Um, Sony might take more chances, uh, but I'm not sure that I, I expect them to turn out something of quality. The problem with Disney, though, is they can they, like they might just start forgetting things that are essential to the character because they want the the um, I guess Sony too, but I don't know. Like I I've got a big problem with the the uh, Tom Holland ones because I, I think that they just kind of bailed on. I've probably told you guys all this before, but I think they just kind of bailed on core parts of the character and just you just kind of got like a um, like a, a shell of what's left. So it's I don't know. I don't trust them. I 
if it's if we only get Alfred Molina back as Doc Ock, and I didn't think about this, Parker, but when you were questioning, is he going to be bad? I never thought about it. But if he doesn't, if he if it is indeed that he doesn't die in that river, we pick up with his character. It could be interesting to see him as a redeemed like Doctor Octopus. Like he's still Doctor Octopus, but he's. I think everybody's been like he's a bad guy, but I never really thought about. What if he's... Yeah. That's an interesting... And if it's just... And not Tobey Maguire and not Andrew Garfield, I'd love them all to come back. But if it's just him, I'm happy with that, too. I think they're running the risk of wrecking Spider-Man 2 by doing... Like, as much as I love um, that Doc Ock and, and, like, and I really want to see them... I want to see Tobey Maguire back again as Spider-Man, but, um, I, like, though, you know, it was, like, a big sacrifice. Like, he, uh, he um, gave himself up to save everyone, and then it's like, well, actually, no, he didn't. He just went to a parallel universe. I don't know. It's kind. Of, it might just be kind of like throwing some dirt on an emotional sacrifice. Put some dirt in his eye. Yeah, put some dirt in his eye. But he still sacrificed himself, whether he knew that he was going to. Well, he didn't know that he would survive. He thought he was killing himself. It doesn't make this the sacrifice any less. He intended well, to to it, die to save other people. So he still does the redemption story. And then I think for Doc Ock, um, he never thinks that he's the bad guy anyways. He he was just doing what he thought he should be doing. He, he was doing it for altruistic purposes, um, at least in his mind, as delusional as he was. So it's possible that he would find himself in a similar position later, even if he's going to be a villain, that he's doing something that's just contrary to um, basic morality it, but why would they even bother doing that at this point because like I, I don't think there's as, as much as i did like alfred molina as doc Ock, like what's the point of this why why don't like i'm not i wasn't really uh fight like wanting to see him back as much as i was um toby mcguire like why wouldn't they just go with a different doc Ock and then then you're not touching something that came years before that's a good question i have no idea where they're gonna go with it. And are they going to de-age him? I don't know. I think they might have said something about that in the interview. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully it looks okay. I don't know. They've gotten good at it. Um, Kurt Russell looked pretty good in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, yeah, he looked good. And then uh, the Irishman, too, they looked pretty good in that. But Yeah, with the exception of De Niro's eyes. Yeah, yeah, but that I don't know why they yeah they're like blue right and he never had blue eyes. Yeah, I I think they just wanted to to show that he wasn't Italian. That I I think the idea was <laughs> this guy's not one of the Italians that he's Irish, um, but it looked a little weird. Um, yeah, the uh, I'm not really excited about them bringing back these these characters, and I'm not exactly sure. I've thought about it before. Why I'm I'm not really keen on this. Spider verse multi universe approach, but it, it just doesn't. It's not doing a lot for me, and and part of that might be I think that Into the Spider Verse did a really good job with it, and I'm not sure why we need to revisit it again. Um, I don't know, and I I think I'm I'm worried about them cramming too much into the movie. I think a lot of this, nothing has been confirmed, and I think. Something I don't want to do, I don't want to get too excited that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and all these people are coming back because maybe they won't be, you know? Yeah. 
there's a chance that that's it's not even going to happen. That's kind of like with what WandaVision was. I think I got really excited about like yeah, I got caught up in the fan speculation, and then it was kind of disappointing. So with uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I didn't watch any of the breakdowns. I just came up with my yeah. theories, and I and I enjoyed it more. So I don't want to um, get too hyped about Spider Man Three. And then yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Um, speaking of, uh, of, um, it, old superheroes coming back, my two favorite superhero castings were Michael Keaton as Batman and Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, and, uh, Michael Keaton's coming back now, too, for The Flash. It's been confirmed in everything, which, uh, and, and they were even shooting at the, um, the Wayne Manor from 1989. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, so, but again, that's another one, I, like... As much as I like, I've always I always wished that there was a, a third or fourth movie with him instead of Batman Forever, and I always wished that there was a Spider Man Four instead of Amazing Spider Man. But I just I don't, um, and I'm really happy to see them back. But the worst thing they could do here is if they don't do it properly and if they just uh, make a mess of it, and then it's like it just kind of takes away from the other ones that have already been. I, mean, I guess Spider Man Three in 2007 already took away from. Uh, those ones, but I disagree. It was supposed to be a spider for, for like a long time. I think it was like it was in like 2011 or something that it was. Like, yeah, it was like right before it was going to start filming. I think it was Raimi who pulled the plug on that too. He said they were rushing him, and he he said, "Okay, this is going to be like Spider-Man three again. I, I I can't make a good film. You guys go ahead with your reboot." I can respect him for that. That he didn't want to. Yeah, he wanted to do it. His, if he couldn't have it. That well, I think he kind of let them go and, and do that to him on Spider-Man three, and then it, yeah. it, it like it was a dumpster fire, and then um, and then I think he saw it was gonna gonna go the same way. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think if they had let him make Spider-Man three his way, and instead of making him shoehorn Venom in, it would be uh, a lot better. You could you could still be seeing movies with in that series today. Really, it could have been like X Men. Yeah, yeah. If they. Do another movie. I, I don't agree that that takes away from the previous movies. Because um, you can just you can just forget that those ones happen and just stick to the originals. It's... Yeah, so like Spider Man Three was awful. It was one of the few movies that I was I, I saw in theater and I really considered getting up and walking out. Uh, but that didn't make me dislike number two or it, I didn't find that it it affected it those I still love those movies and when they reboot something or they do a sequel years later like they've been talking about doing a a remake of Big Trouble in Little China with The Rock as Jack Burton and I think that casting is not great uh, I think it goes against uh, the whole idea of who Jack Burton is but that's not going to make me appreciate the John Carpenter one less. It's not going to besmirch it in any way. I, I still have that connection. I still love that movie. And so they can do reboots and sequels um, until their, their heart's content. It's not going to affect it. I'll disagree with it, maybe. Yeah. 
I think it does affect it negatively for me. Like an example I can think of is um, I know they're comedy movies, but like the Caddyshack one and two, the first one's hilarious, and then the second one's just like god awful. So um, I don't know. Sometimes I find I'm watching the first one, and then it's like I feel a little tempted to watch the next one, but it's like I can't do that, and it just I don't know. It takes away a little from the experience to know that uh, they ruined some of the characters after. Huh. Okay. Um, and a lot of people feel that way, um, especially when there are cherished um, properties like Ghostbusters and Star Wars, but. Yeah, I'm... yes, Han Solo dying too. Also, uh, spoilers for the Force Awakens, but that also was was something that didn't do well with me. Yeah, I don't know. maybe I'm a little distant from the material, and I can let it go. Uh, any other news features that anybody would like to bring up? I'll take that as a no. Uh, We'll go into what we watched. Uh, we can attempt to do it in the same order that people's names appear in Teams, if we can go with that. So, um, Thomas, do you want to go first? Sure. If I can, this is the perfect time for the ASMR. Let's see if this works or not. No better. Or not. We'll have to see when it's released. Uh, well, I heard it. Uh, it was Thomas unrolling the scroll. Alright. Um, I watched Palm Springs, the uh, Amazon Prime movie. Pretty good. It's a fun. It's a fun one. It's, I, uh, it's a neat take on the the time loop kind of story. It adds a couple couple interesting details. I, I liked the, and I never really, I haven't seen Groundhog Day, but I know there's a montage when he's trying to, uh, well, Bill Murray's trying to kill himself, to trying to, like, escape it, mm -hmm. and I don't know if it, I don't know if this is, if this is brought up at all in Groundhog Day, but in Palm Springs, they bring up that the pain is still there, I'm like, that's such a interesting wrinkle to put into it, like, if you hurt someone, there's a scene when one of the characters, because two characters get caught in the time loop, and there's another character who's in the time loop who's trying to kill one of the other characters. And they get hit by a car. And the character who hit them with the car doesn't see the issue with it. But the other character brings up the point that there's it's still painful. The pain is still there. Even though it all resets, it's still you're still like hurting someone. Which I thought that was a really interesting... Just thing to uh, go into in, in a movie like that. It's, I don't think I would have thought about it un unless they had brought it up, but it was a it was a, a good detail, I think. It was also, it's also a funny movie too, in a lot of other ways. Has anybody else seen it? I have. I liked it. I I thought it was it was fun. It had a little bit more heart, maybe than. Than what I was expecting. Um, I like J.K. Simmons in it quite a bit. I thought his character was, was kind of fun. Yeah, another angry J.K. Simmons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can't have enough of J.K. Simmons in a movie. Um, I also watched uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. 
Has anybody else watched that? I finished it, actually, because it's over now. I saw it. I started it. I want, I'm going to start it, but I've, I haven't had the chance. I've been pretty busy. Mm. All the Maybe English work? A little while we can uh, talk about it. I was going to we could talk I can just, like, I can leave the call for a bit if you want. No, 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 it's, it's okay. We can, we can just wait. I think it's fine, because I think there's probably people who, who haven't shown up, like Jack, who would probably want to talk about it, so I don't mind waiting, and I can't see on the screen, is Sydney still in the, in the meeting? It looks like her, no. Her Wi-Fi cut out. She said yeah. she didn't sit back. Okay. So I, I think she was watching it too, so I don't mind waiting to talk about it. Um, pretty good, though. I enjoyed it. Um, Queen and Slim, that was weeks oh, ago. Um, oh, Fake Captain America was um, uh, Kurt Russell's son. Yeah. Which is kind of neat. You- I remember when we were when Infinity War was coming out in like a while ago. Uh, you were talking about you would have liked, to, or maybe it was Endgame. I can't remember, but you would have liked to have seen Captain America with a beard and the cowl mm-hmm. on. So you kind of get a little bit of that in this show. It's not quite, but like you get an idea of like what it kind of would look like. Miranda, uh, before Thomas moves on. Are you going to finish Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or did you watch some of it and decide it wasn't for you? Um, I started watching it uh, with my family, but then my sister finished it without me, so Aww. I sort of <laughs> fell off of it. <laughs> but I can probably finish it sooner or later. Okay. What else, Thomas? Um, Parasite. I got the DVD in the mail. Nice. I watched I watched with my dad. He knew about the the base. I don't know if I should say. He knew about the thing. He knew about the thing. If anybody hasn't seen Parasite, just go watch it. I'm not gonna spoil it. Um, it's a good movie though. Pretty tense. Still, still holds that. Even if you've seen it before, it still holds that suspense. It's really good. Um. I watched the oh I watched Lost. I'm rewatching that. Uh, it's nice to have a show because uh, lately I've been watching a lot of TV shows with my parents, so it's like you gotta wait to watch it. But it's nice to have a show like Lost where there's just a bunch of seasons and I can just binge it. And it's it's a pretty intriguing show. It's always fun like when a when you see something in like one season and then you find out more about that event in like a later season i think that's fun and like characters returning a character dies but then they come back in a flashback like a season later i think that's fun and it's an intriguing show and i've forgotten a lot about it too since i've seen it um the i watched the improv special uh middle ditch and swartz i don't know if i said that right uh on netflix oh i saw that Pretty funny. Uh, yeah, did you? What was it? The one, the wedding one. Yeah, there's three episodes. There's, I think, it's parking lot wedding, law school magic, and the job interview. I think maybe. I don't know. They're they're pretty funny. They kind of go against the rules of improv, and they often like laugh. But I find in uh, in some improv that makes it funnier. Yeah, they're not, they're not taking it too seriously. 
but it's still like it just makes it funnier when other people are laughing and they'll they'll forget stuff like they'll say a name of a character and then like later on they'll like change the name yeah then they'll be like is that your name i don't know they did a really great job at getting something out of nothing though i thought eh yeah it's 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 funny stuff i'd recommend that to anybody yeah they were also really well dressed. I noticed, like in the one I saw, like they were like really well dressed. Hmm. Um, I guess I'll I'll finish my list up real quick. I also watched Too Many Cooks and This House Has People in It. Those are two uh, Adult Swim sketches. You could call them, I guess. Has anybody seen either of them? I've seen Too Many Cooks. Too Many Cooks, I think, is really great i think that's uh i think that was really clever um to anybody who hasn't seen it i won't spoil it but it's about a sitcom i highly recommend it don't do any research into it just watch it (laughs) that's the best way to go into it um and i uh this house has people in it is I would less so recommend that. Does anybody care about spoilers for that? Okay, I guess spoiler alert for this house has people in it, if you want to see it. I think it's from a few years ago. But it's this weird story that's, like, told through, like, security cameras in a house. But it feels so real. And it was, like, it kind of freaked me out. And I I had to, like, look into it. I had to kind of find out that it was fake before I watched it because I started it and I was like this is hard to watch almost so because it felt so real but I think it is fake oh no it is fake once you get to the end you realize that it's very clearly fake but an interesting an interesting way to make a thing and the only thing in the description is like a link to a security website which is unsettling and I clicked on it, and I couldn't find anything Adult Swim related to it. But I think it's very clearly, if you see it, it's very clearly fake. At least by the end of it, you realize. Anyways, I think that's all I watched. I also watched a bit of the Oscars. We talked about that, though. Yeah, that's all I watched. Cameron. Um... I didn't watch, as I said earlier, many new things, just many rewatches. So I watched Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1 and Part 2. Oh, my. Uh, <laughs> part 2 is my favorite out of the saga. It has, like, the most amount of, like, romance. It has the best scene. Yeah. Are we talking about the fight scene? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> is that the one that they hiss at each other? That's throughout the whole song, like okay. series, just I, hissing. I, I I remember walking in on my wife watching it, and and there were like vampires. They were about to fight, and then they they were running at each other, and they stopped just to hiss at each other. <laughs> at least that's what I remember. I I hate I, that book series and those movies so much. I hate, I hate that I love them. <laughs> Me it's, too. I, I don't. I don't judge anybody. It's just that there have been very few books that I have not finished, and my wife gave me the the first book um, to read, and she's like, it, it it might fill the 
Buffy the Vampire Slayer void in your life. And so I'm like, okay. And so I read it and I threw it across the room. I got about halfway through and I'm like, I can't do it anymore. My mom has all the series and she talks about how good the books are. But the only thing I'm thinking about is the fact that uh, Stephanie Meyer, the one that made the book, is living out her vampire fantasy. And I recently found out half of the characters in there are her siblings' names. Okay. So it's a little weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just really like Robert Pattinson. <laughs> okay. Which, which of the movies has the most shirtless guys? Um, whatever. I think it's New Moon. Whatever one's like Jacob's Spotlight one. Okay. Oh, yeah. That is <laughs> Anyways. Would you um, like a, a, a recut of Twilight um, where they put Robert Pattinson's mustache from The Lighthouse on <laughs> That would be fantastic. Um, I watched, rewatched Pride and Prejudice. Um, How many I times? Re- what? How many times have you seen this movie? Just two. Okay. So, we're okay so far. <laughs> um, I rewatched Hairspray which it was like one of my favorite movies growing up. And I was like, I saw it on Netflix and I was like, oh, you know what, we'll do it. Um, I know two of the dances, like all the way through. I know Can't Stop the Beat and Lady's Choice, which is like really impressive. Can you do one for us right now? Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, Maybe like... We'll do, like, a series finale, like, my last podcast, grade 12. Okay. I'll do both of them. I'll dress up and everything. I'll have to come back for that one. Yeah. Um, I rewatched Stranger Things 3. Now, I hated it the first time that I watched it. I absolutely just was so disappointed. Um... I was like, I stayed up all night. It was like midnight. I had a sleepover. I like was so excited to watch it, and it was trash. And I was like, okay, that sucks. Really? Mm-hmm. You didn't like the third? I I didn't love it, but I thought it was better than the second. Oh, it's way better than the second, but like still. I thought like the first few episodes were the best, and then after that, it just kind of went. It didn't go off a cliff. Like it's still worth watching, but it just went downhill. Yeah. So I watched it another time after that and I was still like okay it's not as bad as I thought it was but it's still I just it's it feels like a very different show from the first season and I'm like a huge Stranger Things fan um I've watched the first season 16 times like it is the best but I was I was okay with it the second time that I rewatched it and then I just rewatched it again and I like it so I'm not as mad anymore and i am ready for season four which the teaser came out today oh i saw that too so i haven't watched through yet um i got it open on a tab on my phone though it's really good um (laughs) so i'm actually looking forward to season four um and I think we all knew that David Harbour was going to come back, so Hopper was still alive. Um, but that ended up getting spoiled by Noah Schnapp in an interview. So then they released that teaser, like, months ago because, like, they were like, okay, we got to actually confirm this. Um, but we just got, like, a real teaser 
today, which was super exciting. Um, is, there yeah. a, is there a date for when it's coming out? No, not yet. Probably mm. soon. But. I wonder how they've done, like, didn't they have to shut down filming or something and then go back again and film later because of COVID? Yeah, it probably would have been out by now had they not. So I wonder how they're going to handle them aging with that if they got, like, halfway through it and then stopped and then went back because they're all going to look older, so. Yeah, I know. I even see cast pictures now. So Caleb, who plays Lucas, is, like, 22 now, um, and he's playing, like, a 15-year-old, so... It is. Yeah. That's kind of doing that. But, they're yeah. going to have to stop with the 80s stuff. If if they look like they're 20, they'll have to move into another decade. Yeah. Just, just fast. They do a time jump into, like, the mid-2000s, and they're, and they're just, like, their parents now. <laughs> they're wearing, like, baggy pants and listening to Eminem and stuff. <laughs> um, I watched Over the Hedge. Um, we had like a family movie night and that's what my brother chose. Um, <laughs> great movie. Um, I watched creating the world of Harry Potter, which is, a I don't know if it's wizarding world or Warner brothers put it out. Um, but it's on YouTube. It's like an hour and a half and it just kind of shows, um, I think it's Chris Columbus and David Heyman showing how they made philosopher's stone. And it's super, super interesting. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, I watched Clue and Queen and Slim, and then for TV, I'm not a huge TV person, but I have been kind of lately. I watched season eight of Bob's Burgers. Um, oh, I, I love Bob's Burgers. I love Bob's Burgers. <laughs> um, There's so, yeah, a movie apparently. They're working What's on. That? A, they're working on a film. Yeah, and it's going to be a musical. Okay. So I don't know how I feel about that. I don't like their musical episodes that much. Really. Um, I really yeah. like the one where uh, Bob's stuck in the toilet. Where he's glued to the toilet and he can't get off. And they What's sing through the door. I don't, I don't know. Oh, I don't really remember that one. Okay. Where can you watch Bob's Burgers? Amazon. And oh, Disney. Disney has the last two seasons and Amazon Prime has the first, I think, eight. Oh, okay. Another reason to get I Disney. I was looking on Amazon, on Disney Plus, and I was like, yeah, they only have 9 and 10. But that's good to know that it's on Prime. Mm-hmm. Is it, would you recommend it? Good show? Yeah, 100%. I think it's, like, one of my favorite animated series. So. I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're my family. Yeah. I think we talked about this last episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, oh my gosh, I watched... The Circle. <laughs> it's a Netflix reality TV show. And I'm not like, I don't know, I my parents are big reality TV people, so I'll like pop in here and there and watch stuff with them. And so that's what happened with this. I watched it in a really weird order. I watched episodes 8 to 12, 1 to 8, or 1 to 7, episode eight and then 13 so my mom i came in on my mom watching episode eight so i sat and watched it and i'm like okay i have to finish this now and so i watched to 11 because they come out weekly um so the last episode hadn't come out but that night at midnight the last episode
watched the finale like just before the podcast started and if I'm ever on a reality TV show, it's going to be this one, and I'm going to win because I would absolutely kill that game. What What is it that they do on it? It's, like, hard to explain, but, like, you can be yourself or you can be, like, a catfish, be, like, a family member or something like that or a friend, and you basically just, like, messages to people so you could be, like, send a message to, like, Anderson and then, like, we either get in like huge beef or we make an alliance and then you just bold it, vote it who you don't like. So I'd be like, oh, I didn't vibe with him. Off he goes. Is there anything else you do or is it like... No, you play like games and stuff like that, but that's like to also like out, out like the, the, the catfishes, I guess. So there was my favorite player is Jack and he was playing like a 21-year-old girl and they had to do like a makeup challenge and he did so bad. So they're like, okay, he's a catfish and they voted him out. Oh. oh, that's kind of how like that kind of works, but oh my gosh, it's so good. Definitely recommend. <laughs> yeah, I never really like liked reality shows, and then like I was over at my uh, aunt and uncle's house, and uh, their daughter was watching. Their older daughter was watching uh, Big Brother. Oh, I love that. And I, and I started watching. I was like, I don't mind this. This is yeah. fun. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. It was. It's kind of you know. I don't know. It's 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 a little silly, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I want to be a reality TV star now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd win on Survivor. Oh, I'd be the first one off. Yeah. No, I think I've I've perfected like I I could uh, I've watched it I I haven't watched it for a while because my hockey games used to be Wednesday nights and that's when the new episodes were but from like grade seven to grade ten I watched every episode and I think I figured out the strategies you you have to like fly under the radar you don't make anyone mad but then like you don't make any like decisive moves so you call no attention to yourself and then you'll 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 be able to win but yeah what do you do in Survivor again I know well, it's like they put you on and get voted yeah. On. I it's remember. it's I think it's like really fake like you're not actually on an island like I, I heard they give you like toothbrushes and stuff but anyway they get, they make you do like um they put you in two tribes and then you do like challenges and the, the tribe that loses the challenges has to vote a person off so then it's like there's all kinds of politics inside the tribe of like who's you know who's the who's the the loud one and you know who's who doesn't cause any trouble and who's who's weak at challenges so we should vote them out so it's like a whole a whole thing of uh you kind of have to be able to play other people but also play the challenges at the same time i wonder what reality tv show i would be good in who can who can sit and talk about movies the longest (laughs) (laughs) well i'm done Miranda. Uh, I watched a few new movies and some old ones. I recently watched Pride and Prejudice for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I thought it was good, um, but my brain's slow, so I had to take a minute to understand what they were saying. Um, I then, after that, watched The Notebook. I hate Sorry. Which was which was very fun, you could say. I, I would like to just interrupt you for a second to explain to people that they can't see 
um, Cameron that when she said, oh, well, when Miranda said that she watched The Notebook, immediately Cameron put I, what I assume was her hands on her hips in a very <laughs> confrontational position and said, I can't stand that movie. <laughs> Thomas is muted. Thomas is muted. I think I like it this way. <laughs> that hurts, Anderson. <laughs> that really hurts. Uh, okay, Miranda. Uh, notebook. Fun time. Then I watched 27 Dresses, which I hated. Can um, you tell us what you hated about it? Well, I was watching it, and at the start, I thought, oh, cool concept. This girl likes weddings, wants to be at weddings all the time, changes dresses, going to different weddings. Man finds her. He's a writer. He likes her. She doesn't. Oh, no. What's going to happen? Oh, well, they got together. <laughs> but um, what I didn't like was the fact that I don't I don't know if I'm supposed to spoil it or something. But like, I, it's been out for a while. I think it's fair game. Okay. Well, I just didn't like the fact that she had a crush on her boss, and then her sister sort of came in and was like, hey, I'm going to steal your crush. And she didn't say anything about it, so she let it happen. And then, at the end of the movie, he proceeded to advance on her, <laughs> and then she said no. It was a little, it was a little, oh, okay. All right, I, I was thinking maybe you thought there should have been some pantsuits. There, there was just maybe too many dresses. Maybe <laughs> a skirt or that. something. You were? Yeah, and then I was like, I'm, I haven't heard of this movie, so I went on the letterbox, and that's the top, like, the top review is there's too many dresses. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Miranda? Uh, I watched Run, which is a thriller on, I think, Netflix. Um, it has a very similar story to Gypsy Rose. Um, so it was sort of like watching real life events happen, but in a different story. Uh, I didn't like it, but <laughs> hey, I don't like anything. <laughs> I rewatched um, all of Gravity Falls recently. Oh, that's a great show. Great show. Great show. Okay. I love that show. I loved it. The first time around, and the second, and the third. Yep, I loved it. <laughs> um, I rewatched The Proposal. Again, it a little weird concept, but hey, Ryan Reynolds, Sandra <laughs> Bullock, <laughs> I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> and then I recently watched rewatched Bohemian Rhapsody with uh, my mom and sister. Which was fun. I liked it. I haven't seen that. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I It was my favorite movie in grade nine, and now it's just like, I hate it. I It's attached to so many bad memories that I just like... <laughs> oh, okay. So it's not a bad movie. It's just bad memories. Oh, it's a bad movie. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> but I was a really big Queen fan, so... Yeah. Okay. Did you guys hear about the David Bowie biopic 
but they didn't get the rights to David Bowie songs, so there's no David Bowie songs in it. <laughs> I heard about <laughs> that. The real thing. He I'm even said he didn't even want a biopic, which is like the stupidest thing I've ever seen that they would even think about making that. But yeah, that's funny. It was yeah. I think it's from like this year or last year. I don't know, but it's one of those things where it's like, why would you make it if you couldn't get the rights? Mm-hmm. There's another. Yeah, like how would you even do that? Like, what, what, he would go up and like he'd like start singing, and it would be like the audio has been muted for copyright purposes or something like that. Like what? I, I yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know exactly what they did. I think maybe just not those songs he was singing. I suppose. I wouldn't I wouldn't even watch it if uh, if he said he didn't want a biopic and they made one. I wouldn't give it the support. Okay. Parker, what'd you watch? I uh, did not watch that much. I've I've had a lot of uh, a lot of schoolwork to do, but um, I did watch an episode of the Muppet Show. Oh, the new Muppet Show. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's on Disney Plus now. So I was just scrolling through. I used to watch them all when I was a kid. I think it was like grade two was the year because the library had them all on DVD. So we'd, I'd sign them out and just watch them. I didn't know who the celebrities were because I was a kid and they were all from the 70s. But um, I, I know who some of them are now. So I was scrolling through, and the one was Roger Moore, who played James Bond, and I, I really liked him. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll watch this one. And then, So there's a couple of other ones with celebrities I liked or ones that I remember from when I was a kid. I'll probably just watch at some point when I'm in the mood for it. But it's still like the jokes are still funny from it. it uh, I'll always love The Muppet Show. Roger Moore is my favorite James Bond, and I know that's a really unpopular opinion, but uh, he was the James Bond that I saw first, and uh, I don't know, he will kind of. Yeah, no, be my I James do. Bond. I like him a lot. I'd say my favorites. I've seen all of them, um, but I'd say my favorite is uh, Sean Connery because I think he just. I don't know. I've read some of the books too, and uh, I don't know. I think he's he kind of gets the energy right. And I, I, I really like like those early movies too. Just the the um, the stories and the the charisma that he has. I, Daniel Craig's been really good too, and I like Timothy Dalton and Roger Moore a lot. But I just I like pretty much all of them. Yeah, well, I think the problem is with the Roger Moore ones. The movies were just really hokey. Yeah, some of them were, but um, uh, for your eyes only wasn't that one. I thought was a, a pretty. Like that's one of my favorite ones in the series because it was they just did Moonraker where he goes to space and that was like it was fun but it was like really silly and it was a million miles away from the source material so I think they ju- they went like back to basics and it's a, a actually like a really good uh, like thriller movie it's it's probably one of the most underrated ones in the series. Okay, maybe I should go back and check it out. Yeah, I have I think I have that one on DVD, but I guess. Not in person, so... <laughs> uh, I, I think I can probably find a way to watch it. Uh, yeah, let me know if you do. Okay. Uh, was that it, Parker? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I will, of course, I watch uh, Queen and Slim and Clue. And okay. then I did do that Middle Ditch and uh, Schwartz, too. That There's this Netflix party watch where you can watch something at the same time as someone. So my girlfriend and I did, like, a virtual date where we played it at the same time, and then... And then uh, just like kind of laugh at it, and it's it's fun. That's nice. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I've got a few to get through. I watched uh, Lee Winnell's Upgrade. 
Uh, it's kind of like a sci-fi thriller revenge story. Uh, it, it's pretty familiar kind of territory, but Lee Winnell, uh, I think he directed the hell out of it. Um, there were some really interesting choices and in shots. Um, the action scenes were very interestingly put together, and um, the actor, uh, what's his name? I forget his name. He's kind of like the budget... Um, Tom Hardy, um, Logan Josh? Marshall Green, maybe? No, I don't know. Is that awesome? I don't know. I think it's Logan Marshall Marshall Green. Um, but uh, it is. Yeah, I, okay. I think you're right. It is Logan Marshall Green that uh, rings a bell? Uh, I can't stand him as an actor. I find him very difficult to watch. Um, but uh, his performance while often irritating uh, in the action scenes, it was neat. And there was a technique that I've never seen done in a movie before where it was like a reverse snorry cam, um, where instead of the camera mounted to the to the front of the, the actor, it was mounted to his back, and I, I, I loved it. Uh, so, well, the, the movie's kind of typical sci-fi thriller action stuff. I thought that it was directed really well. Um, I also watched Save Yourselves, directed by Eleanor Wilson and Alex Houston Fisher. Um, it's a fun little alien invasion movie, um, about, uh, this couple that decides that they're going to take a break from technology and social media, and so they go on this sort of retreat into the middle of nowhere, like a lake house, kind of, and, uh, while they're away taking a break from social media, the planet is invaded. And it's a, it was really sweet and cute. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Just a small little indie kind of movie. Um, I also watched She Died is Tomorrow, directed by Amy Simons. Um, it was, it reminded me a lot of Ghost Story. Thomas, um, if you remember that. Really slow, very abstract. Um, a Tell little... me something, Anderson. Yeah. Is there, is there a five-minute long scene when somebody eats a pie? And then vomits? No. Uh, no like five-minute pie-eating scene. No. Uh, but it's the premise is really cool. Um, the, uh, the main character, she is visibly depressed... And she is uh, hanging out with uh, with one of her friends, and she just she explains how she has this feeling that she's going to die tomorrow. Not that she's going to commit suicide, but just the next day she's going to die. She just has this feeling, and she she doesn't think she knows she's going to die the following day. And then her friend has the same revelation. It takes a while for it to sink in. And then it turns into like almost like this contagion thing that anybody that uh, is told by one of these two characters that they think they're going to die, these people start having this feeling as well. And so it's like everybody is having this sort of existential crisis that death is imminent and it gets passed on. It was really, really neat. Um, definitely not for everyone. 
I also watched a uh, a three part um, documentary called Sasquatch, uh, where um, the uh, the director Joshua Rolf he um, he recalls a story that he heard when he was working at a grow up uh, of a Sasquatch that killed three. Uh, three workers at another grow up and years later he's still kind of thinking about it and so he decides to do an investigation of this story and it delves into a lot of the drug trade as well um, on the west coast of the United States it, it was kind of neat uh, and I watched uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer um, directed by Yargos Lathimos uh, who went on to win, I think, Best Picture last year for The Favourite. Um, he also did The Lobster. His movies are so peculiar, and it's almost like he's a, a different kind of Wes Anderson, where he uh, has his actors perform in this really monotonous sort of way. Um, and the, the cast is pretty good, uh, Nicole Kidman, Colin Farrell, but it's just a really unusual kind of horror movie, and, uh, I, I do recommend it. I think it's, it's a very compelling and really, really different kind of film. Um, I would watch some more of those strange movies this year. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a contender for sure. Um, it's it's a little dark. Uh, it's again, it's not for everybody. It's very abstract. Uh, the performances sort of make it feel slow, as well. But it's it's uh, it's really neat, and I think it's a metaphor for something. I'm not really sure what, but uh, yeah, just interesting. Uh, I would recommend it. So. Uh, that's what I've watched. I have, and I forgot about this, but I have a quick bit of news. Mm -hmm. Steven Spielberg is remaking West Side Story with Mr. Anderson's favorite actor, Ansel Elgort. He's not my least favorite. <laughs> I, I can't remember. I, I feel like I can't exactly remember what you said, but when he did Baby Driver, I feel like he didn't. Oh, I just I, I I could not stand the the car dancing scene at the beginning of the movie. Oh, was was that what you didn't like about him? Yeah, well, I I, I think he's fine. Uh, I just hated that that car <laughs> dancing scene. Um, I like Baby Driver. It's all right. It's not one of my favorite movies, but it was fun. Uh, I just could not stand that. Cameron, you're shaking your head. I don't like that movie at all. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I. I, somebody like really hyped it up for me and they're like, oh, this is my favorite movie. You've got to watch it. I'm like, okay. And I did. And I was like, oh, I don't like him. <laughs> okay. I, I think I, I liked what they did with like the music and stuff, but that was about it. Okay. I, I thought the car chases were kind of fun and, and inventive. Um, it was a little, I don't know, overly precious maybe. But uh, speaking of precious, uh, should we move into our feature film reviews? We can uh, we can deal with Queen and Slim uh, first. Um, 
have any feedback on the West Side Story remake. I haven't seen the original. I have not seen the original. I, it's I know it's a version of Romeo and Juliet. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't really loved a Steven Spielberg movie um, for a while. If really, I, I don't know. He's not one of my favorite directors. Yeah, I don't know. I it's it's it, it's made me want to watch the original before I see this new one. So that's maybe a good thing. Okay. All right. So uh, Queen and Slim, uh, directed by Melina Matsukas, uh, and according to the Internet Movie Database, it is described as a couple's first date takes an unexpected turn when a police officer pulls them over. Um, what did you guys think of Queen and Slim? I really liked it. Okay. Yeah, um, I I thought it was uh, it was good. It was it was tragic, but it was uh, um, I I enjoyed the uh, the experience of watching it. I, I, like it wasn't like a feel good fun movie, but it was um, it was interesting and it was. I don't know, it, it was kind of nihilistic how they were all like, uh, like, well, let's just have a little bit of fun now. And like, like I think the audience kind of knew, I don't know, I was talking about this with Miranda a little bit, that uh, I said I, I kind of knew they were going to die the whole time. Like, uh, I don't know, what did you guys think? Spoiler warning. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. I thought we were talking about it so we could... We can talk about it. Yeah. Oh. I thought, wait, everyone's seen it though, right? Yeah. 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 I, guess, I feel like people listening to the podcast probably know that we're going to get into spoilers, but you know, this may be a little late for me to say, but spoils for <laughs> and Clue. I'm just going to go out there and say Clue. Spoils for Clue ahead. I don't know if you can spoil Clue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with all the different endings. Yeah. Uh, so, Cameron, you were very polite. You put your hand up. Oh, sorry, I didn't see that. No, no. I just, I do that. Um, I cried so much. And we know, like, that's kind of rare for me. And I was like, oh, I think it was like, I was emotional because it's not like, it's not just these two people's story. Like, this is representing, like, black lives in America and all over the world. Um, So I just think, like, I just got really emotional. And it was like... I feel like as soon as the movie started in that kind of opening scene with the cop, I was like, oh, what am I getting myself into? Um, But I think I really enjoyed it because, I don't know, I think um, she made the movie in a way that you, it gets the point across and yes, you are heartbroken, but it's still really beautiful to see their relationship grow. Um, But yeah, I really loved it. Thomas? It was, I kind of thought the I just I was as I was thinking about this. Is it kind of like almost a Romeo and Juliet story? You know, a love story that ends in tragedy. Two two people who are it's maybe not two people who are meant to be separated, but they're kind of being uh, there's like there's almost like two warring sides, I guess. Um. I don't know. When I think about Romeo and Juliet, one, I don't really think it's a love story. I think it's... 
it's just a story where things get out of hand because it happens too quickly. Um, and it's, uh, it's a relationship that's, that's doomed to fail and that might come out of their families being enemies with each other. I don't, I don't see that here. Um, yeah. It's, it's a Bonnie. Do you think that they were queen? Sorry. It's a Bonnie and Clyde story. Queen and Slim. Do you think that Queen and Slim were in love, or do you think it was just circumstance that uh, um, forced them together and they built a connection that wasn't necessarily love? I don't think it was love. I think, I think it, it was love. I think it was love, but I don't think they loved each other. I don't think it was like love at first sight when they went on that date. I think it was only after like they had spent time together and they were like, you know, they were in this together and then they were maybe, but together for a while and then it just kind of developed no i'm gonna okay so yes they were in fact in love just because it happened so quickly they were both put in a emotional situation that even if they didn't end up together they would have been tied together because of this um traumatic event that they went through um so for them to go through all of that they got to see each other like at their worst like and like they were also super happy together so i don't think that love should have like a certain time frame or certain um like expectations that need to happen in a relationship for it to be valid to be considered a loving relationship so well these were two think- people yeah do you think it would be much different if you like you i think you could replace either one of them in that situation just move like any other person um that that uh you could substitute for either one of them and it wouldn't be that much different i don't think like i don't think they had that like i agree it was definitely what happened kind of made them that way but i don't know i i, I don't know I mean, you can think whatever you, like, (laughs) got from the movie. (laughs) I just won't talk next time. No, uh, no. Maybe we can bridge the gap. I I think it is circumstantial. I don't think that they were... um, They they were a good match, necessarily, for each other. I think it's, it's fairly clear at the beginning that she's not really into him and... That's not love at first sight, but I think that relationships are born by some relationships. Because, I, like Cameron, I'm I'm not sure that you can say a relationship has to have these events that happen and they have to go for a certain amount of time that you have to know somebody for uh, X amount of days or hours or weeks or years before you can say love happens. I don't think it's it's like that. It's not like you're cooking a turkey and it's got one of those little like plunger things that pops that it tells you that it's when it's cooked i i don't think that Wait, what? there are some turkeys you can get and they have these little like thermometers that are jabbed into them and then when the cur- turkey reaches a certain internal temperature it pops up i don't think that relationships are like that where you're in a relationship for a certain amount of time and then like something pops up that means that you're in love uh i think that I, I, every relationship is a little bit different and so while 
if they didn't have this experience, I don't think they would have had a second date. But I think the circumstances bring them together and, and some relationships are built on shared experiences. Um, whether that's yeah. a, a good friend that you meet in school and you have similar classes and you, you've, you share these experiences and you live in the same town and they become a good friend. Um, it, it could be like that. Or you can meet somebody and have an instant connection, whether it's romantic or not, and they can become a really close friend in a matter of days um, or hours, perhaps. Uh, so I, I think they are in love, but I think that that love is forged in in this really exciting yet unfortunate experience that they go through yeah I, yeah i think so and then i don't know like what's the sign of love commitment and uh support they they definitely do that they they stick by each other yeah so i mean I'm... i think it's not a love story i mean I see how you could argue that it could be considered a love story, um, but that's not what the director is trying to put across. So I don't think you have to feel like, oh, they weren't in love, so like, like this movie, like I didn't feel something from it, you know? Um, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I when I saw this, I saw it on I think a perfect uh, sort of uh, viewing situation where I didn't know anything about it. I, uh, I I was looking for something to watch and I thought it was a documentary. The 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 image for the for the film is just them in a black and white photograph and it it looks a little dated given the clothing that they're wearing and then the the yellow title Queen and Slim I, I, I thought it was I don't know like about some like maybe artists from the 70s or something and uh, I started watching it and very quickly I realized that it wasn't a doc and I had no idea where it was going and when they had the uh, altercation with that police officer I was shocked and I was I felt so tense in that scene when the cop is, is getting progressively agitated and uh, when he pulls the gun like I was I was shocked and when they when he was shot well when she was shot and then the cop was shot I I didn't see it coming and I I thought that the film was directed in a in a really neat way and I love that the title card comes up just after the the cop interaction that all of this happens and it, it kind of I think reestablishes the idea that they they have this shared experience it's not like the the title card comes up but like we know it's their story after the cop interaction that mm. that's kind of what brings them together and yeah i just got really excited talking about that because it, it was a really it, it was the perfect way to watch it and another thing that i really appreciated of it was uh a movie that deals with race issues as a a white man watching it i never felt like it, it was excluding me i never felt like it was casting blame i never felt like i was being demonized I, I, yeah I, I know i noticed that too like it wasn't like like uh like it, it was uh it didn't yeah I, I agree with you 
Mm-hmm. Like Black Klansman kind of does that, but in a, like a comedic way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still does kind of demonize um, white people in that sense. But um, I, yeah, I definitely agree with you, Anderson, that it's just like you can watch it without feeling guilty, but you still feel the guilt. I don't know how to explain it, but. Well, I think that's guilt that we bring to it, maybe. Um, and and as as a privileged white person, yeah, I feel guilty about all. As as a privileged white guy, I feel guilty a lot of the time about things that are in my control and things that are out of my control. But I I don't think that the movie was trying to make me feel guilty. I think it was just presenting a story kind of matter of factly. Uh, I did find it was a little, maybe a little long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I almost stopped watching it. Um, and then I was going to watch it in the morning. It was like 1030. So. I just... How long was that? I watched it like weeks ago. Uh, two, was it a bit? Was it two and a half? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it was like two, was it like 210? Yeah, two, 212. <clears throat> 212. Uh, but, but I think that that time run, it allows you to, to get to know the characters and maybe affect you like it did Cameron. If it was mm-hmm. shorter, maybe it wouldn't, you wouldn't feel like you knew them as well as, as you did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Perhaps, yeah. I, I felt the time of the movie actually wasn't that bad, in my opinion, only because, I guess, from the start, it was sort of like, uh... You could tell that they weren't interested in each other, and then as time went on, they sort of had to share things about each other, considering they, they're running from something that... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I get it. Like, it, it's a... I don't know. It, it kind of picks up character and emotional weight as it, as it goes. And it, it's that kind mm-hmm. of inertia pulls it through. Mm-hmm. And when you meet like characters like Junior and stuff like that, that like add to the story, and yeah, that is like kind of like a big chunk of the movie. I think it does add more to that emotional element that you see at the end of the movie, where you see like the mechanic as his dad. Like, so you met that character, you spent a lot of time with him, and it may have felt a little dragged on, but you do see the result in the end. So I do think it definitely um, benefits from its longer time time run. Was Junior the uncle? No, that's the mechanic's son. After right. The right. Yeah, that, that shocked me. I, the trailer gives away the cop scene. I remember seeing the trailer in the cinemas. Um, so I, I, I can't remember exactly how it plays out in the in the in the trailer but i i think i went into it knowing that the, the cop was gonna die and that was gonna happen and they were gonna go on the run but i will say yeah the scene the protest scene where with a uh, junior that that surprised me that was very tense mm-hmm. yeah I, I, oh it's also uh intercut i guess i'll try and sa- say this as clean as <laughs> But the climax of that scene is intercut with, like, it's kind of, it builds up to a different kind of mm-hmm. climax. 
<laughs> Thomas is blushing. He, he is very red at the yeah. moment. But I feel like that was an intentional choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have, I don't know how I felt edited, about that. Have it edited in such a way where, um, you know, where that's happening. Yeah. I, I thought like it kind of took away from the gravity of the protest scene a little. Like, it was a little, I don't know, it felt kind of silly. I Just to me that they had, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't have done that if I was a director. It's a fair critique. I, I wonder if the director wanted to, uh, I don't know, create obviously some sort of contrast with the two experiences that are going on. Uh, Shakespeare would do this a lot, too, where we would have a very emotional scene, and then the next scene we would have um, probably something a little comedic, uh, and you get the sense that there are there are things that are going on in the world that, that are maybe not positive in this example, but pleasurable, um, and then there are experiences that are horrible at the same time. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> And they're kind of in part responsible for for Junior, um, the way that they uh, impacted his life and set a sort of a, an example, I guess, for him. And they're not aware of, of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they take that picture, when Junior takes the picture in the garage, I know it's a... Uh... You know, it's it's obviously a movie, but I was like, if this was real life, that's the famous picture from real life that this movie is recreating. You know, it felt like one of those pictures, you know, where it's like, that's a real picture that I've seen or that I would see, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean. Didn't they do, they did that in Hidden Figures, right? There was one, uh, there's a picture and then there's the real one. Maybe. I'm not sure. It's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah, I'll take your word for it. I think so. Speaking of something like that, the movie does watch uh, almost biographically. It, it feels like there's a, a layer of of truth or accurateness to it. And, and I think the runtime does affect that. Lends a, a little bit of a fancy word would be very similitude. Like a, it makes it feel real. Um, and the movie isn't always at a, at a high pace. It, uh, it's deliberately in a little slower pace um, that adds to it too. And the, I don't know, the, the, the characters feel kind of real as well. They don't feel particularly cookie-cuttery. And uh, I think another thing that adds on to it as well is that it was made in 2019. Um, It feels oddly prophetic of events that would have happened last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Which is, I think, also maybe why, like, I think it affected me more now than it may have if I had watched it in 2019 um like knowing that like these are events that like took place last year 
So to like kind of see that come out on social media and stuff like that, and then to watch this movie and to just see like kind of the process of um, kind of what those events would look like, just I think that's the, the hardest part about it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And and just to, to say it, uh, these types of events, it's not like Black Lives Matter was, was a, a concern just recently. Um, that like there have been many unnecessary shootings of of people of color <laughs> forever. It, it's not something yeah. that just happened. It's just most recently it's it's becoming we're we're being made more aware mm-hmm. of it. And if there's especially people, like younger generations as well, like yeah. younger kids who may not have been exposed to that um, without social media being a thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it, it, it's it's one of the good things that that's coming out of social media and and the ability to to capture these things and share them and and let people know. Like, it, it's harder for this stuff to to occur without witnesses, mm-hmm. which is great. Well, it's horrible that these these things are being captured, but it, it's it's good that people can be held accountable. Mm-hmm. Uh. The movie also looks really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Metsukus was a, um, or is still a uh, music video director, and you can see that in in a lot of the the film. Um, any favorite scenes, or do you want to talk about performances? Uh, Thomas, go ahead. I have a favorite scene. Okay. I don't mind waiting if anybody, if other people want to no, talk, who haven't talked much, if they have stuff to say, I don't mind waiting. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I think probably my favorite scene was the opening credits. Now, I'm going to explain. I think that was really cool that, I think it's maybe like a minute or two of like credits, but it's them having like this panicked discussion but the whole time it's just credits you know you don't see it it's just credits and i think that's a that was a really cool choice to take a risk like that of of not showing them but just hearing them i also liked a lot of the one shots i think there's like a one shot from like they're like traveling in like it's uh, the cameras in the back of a of a pickup truck and they're driving. And I think it's maybe another, like that you can hear them talking and it just, they're just driving down the road and then they pull into a, a gas station. Uh, and then I think it cuts, but when they pulled into the gas station, I got, I like the thought of like, is the camera going to keep rolling and it's just going to stay there the whole time he's in the gas station. I was like, that would be really, that would be great. But it cut, but I still liked the, I still liked that. Um, I guess also, uh, one more, um, uh, it seems like a lot of these are more like camera techniques, but I guess they're scenes, but when they're, the camera is attached to the car door and they slam it and open it, it like shakes. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, I liked a lot of that stuff about it. Mm-hmm. 
I really liked how they, the characters kind of made, like, bad decisions, like, through it. Just, like, I don't know, it kind of made it feel a little bit more real. Like, the, uh, like, leaving where they were hiding and the, in the, um, in the, the house and then, uh, going to ride the horse and then giving the gun to the guy at the gas station, too, are all, yeah. like, really horrible decisions, but it's, like, it's a really human thing to do. Like, it's not, like, they don't know exactly what they're doing and they kind of, uh, you, you can tell and it, it makes it better, I think. Kind of like, there's a lot of that in Green Room, I think. There's a lot of, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? For and me, going into that place to dance, too. Yeah. That that was a nice scene. I kind of mm-hmm. like that. It was a little respite for them, a little a little break from the, the tension when they go in and, and they're sort of embraced. Uh, Thomas already mentioned the, the, the title kind of card and stuff. Uh, so I like that. And, uh, and I, I, I like the, everything up to and including the, the title card. Uh, but I'll go with another thing that I really liked about the movie. So it's not really so much a scene as like a technique that happens. There's a lot of interesting, um, playing with, uh, the audio the conversations um, where we would get uh, them talking, but we don't see them talking. And early on after, I think it's right after they put the police officer in the trunk of the car, they're just looking at each other, but then you start hearing them talking. And so it's almost like you're hearing their thoughts, but then you realize pretty quickly that it's, it's a conversation that they're having later that's overlapped with the scene that you're currently watching. And that was a really uh, unusual and, and neat choice. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a shot that I like. Um, again, like definitely, I feel like this movie doesn't have like many scenes in per se, where you can be like, oh, that was so good. But um, there's a shot um, with Junior, and they're like walking with him, and it's like they're walking down by the water and like this like the sun is setting and it's just like them like super super tiny like as little shadows walking along and you can like again like hear them talking um and hear their conversation but like you're not like seeing expressions and stuff like that and I thought that that was like a really beautiful kind of shot and I think that also adds to like your connection with Junior like you meet him pretty fast have that and then he has this big sort of ending to his character. So um, I really like that, how they were able to do that. Parker, Miranda. Um, I, I, there was one part in the movie that caught my attention. It was the, uh, when they were at the house, um, the, the, like, house where they hid in the floorboards and stuff um when he chewed with his mouth closed and she looked at him mm-hmm. it's oh relationship development huh yeah and really subtle right like that's yeah being shown and not being told which is i think one of the high points of a, a good director or a good storyteller that you you're shown things but you're not being told it Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say when the police officer 
like lifts up the blanket from the bed to look under and then it's like nothing and then you see them like that they're like under the bed (laughs) yeah how did they have the time to get under there like there's no way they had time for that because they were just getting in the house right when they got up there right so they would have to lift up all the floorboards and put them back i don't buy it i don't think they had enough time to get under there that was i watched this with my dad and that was one thing where he's like because when they remove it it's there's like what like four of them yeah in like in a certain place i think it, i i can see that being a, a complaint but it's also like one of those things like who knows what you're capable of doing when you need to do something it's probably that yeah. that's true but if it were me and they sent me upstairs and said under the bed i would not be smart enough to find like the secret thing like i i don't know i i can't find those like i wouldn't be able to find the the floorboard and lift it all up i'd probably just hide under the bed and get caught but can i ask a question how, what was their connection to those people in the house? Oh, they were... Too. It was it was his uncle's... It was Queen's uncle, friend from the war, I believe. Mm-hmm. I, think that's what, I think that's who they were. Gotcha. Because mm-hmm. okay. I was wondering that. I'm like, I don't know who these people are, but okay. <laughs> I really like this, the part of that scene where they, uh, they're just eating and it's all, I remember starting to think like, okay, this is starting to be a little bit boring. And then you see the light outside and then it's, he's like, okay, go upstairs right now. That was, uh, that was a suspenseful scene that I liked how it kind of went from, um, zero to 100 really fast. Mm-hmm. I liked the, I liked the, uh, I think it's when the police officers are outside and the black police officer goes around the young guy and he finds queen and slim in the car in the garage and he just waves them on and the way he describes to the other police officer when he gets back he says it was just a couple deers i freed them i was like that's a good line because it's like you know he's telling the truth and he like he's lying but he's also telling the truth at the exact same time mm-hmm they were like caught a couple things like a couple tears caught in the bushes. Yeah, I thought that was a good line. I didn't even think about that, like using it as like deers, not deer. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good point. Kind of like, like two people mm-hmm. duck and then they're, yeah, yeah. from a, a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, letter grades? Uh, I, I'd, I'd give it an A, a good solid A. Um, I'm not sure what would bump it up to an A+. I, I think maybe it's that I didn't have that emotional response that Cameron got from it. Um, there's something that was maybe keeping it a little distant. Um, but I, I never, I, I didn't get that punch to the chest. I think, but I th- I think that it's beautifully crafted. I think it's timely. I think it's important and tragic, um, and I think it's it's really strong. Yeah, I I got the punch to the chest. Uh-huh. It's like three a.m. in the morning, and <laughs> I was not. I had puffy eyes. <laughs> no. Thomas, how would you rate it? Um, I think I'd give it a B. 
It's one of, I say this with every single movie I know, but I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. But I think, you know, I this one, you know, like I don't I didn't yeah. I didn't love it, but there was a lot of cool camera work in it and shots and like like that credit scene I said I really liked. Like there's certain like things throughout where I'm like, that's that's really good. That's yes, I like I like that decision, and I like that camera usage of work, you know? So, yeah, I think I... A good movie. Not a bad movie. It's pretty good. Okay. Uh, Mr. Tree... Well, Parker. Parker. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, I, I, yeah, I, I liked it. It's a really good movie. I'd say I'd say B plus. Um, like it wasn't. It's not one of my personal favorites. Kind of like what Thomas said, but it was a good movie. It had um, had a good message. It was uh, important to watch. It'd be something I would recommend to a lot of people to see because I think I'm better off for having seen it. Um, but and uh, Daniel Kaluuya gave a really good performance too. Um, but uh, yeah, B plus. Miranda. Um, I would give it an A. Because I thought it was great and it made me cry, so it pins me. <laughs> okay, Cameron. You skipped me. Yeah, I, I was coming to you. Um, I'm like kind of stuck between an A and an A plus. Like again, like I don't really know what I could like. What's missing to me for me to say like A plus definitely. Um, but yeah, I definitely loved it. I, I had a huge reaction out of it and. I'd recommend it to people, but I'm not sure when the next time I'll rewatch it is. Um, but yeah, and maybe maybe the thing that's getting in the way of, of an A plus, maybe for for the two of us, uh, and maybe for other people too. And I thought about this when Parker was talking uh, that it, given the content. It, it's maybe one of those movies where you can't say this is my favorite movie because it's like yeah. I I love this movie that's about horrible things happening. It's it's kind of like saying Schindler's List is my favorite movie or Requiem for a Dream is my favorite movie. They're just, they're hard watches and I they're think, about bad things. I think Ewan brought this up on the Jojo Rabbit podcast, or I think you were having the similar a similar thing where you're like. I'm not sure what's stopping me from loving this movie, and I think Kewen brought up maybe it's that subject matter of what the movie was tackling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I wrote in my book for like everything that I've watched, like uh, like beside the help, I wrote important film that can't be rated. But I like said like I I love the help, but like I feel like. It, again, it's not super strong on subject matter. Definitely not as much as it is in the books, but still, you just feel kind of like wrong for saying like, "Oh, this is like an eight out of ten because like you feel bad for not first of all giving it a perfect score, but also you don't want to give it a perfect score because of how you felt about it. I don't know if that makes sense. No, I get it. <laughs> Okay, I'm quickly going to read the uh, movieguide.org uh, write-up of uh, Queen and Slim. It might be telling of the uh, the website in general and their philosophy on life, uh, but is it's... This uh, is this the run-on pagan worldview one? Yes, it is. Uh, very strong, 
romantic, pagan, politically correct, leftist, anti-American worldview depicting the justice system and police as racist and glorifies criminality, where the man is supposed to be a Christian but immediately wants sex from an atheist woman on their first date together. And the atheist woman prays at one point but still asserts that she is an atheist, where the couple goes on the run after tussling with a police officer and killing him. That all one sentence? That's all one sentence. And I get the sense, and there, there's no semicolons or colons either. It's just all that's, one sentence. That's, that's, a, that's a loaded one sentence. That's well, it, it seems a little harsh on the people that were fleeing the, the police. It's like, they had a tussle. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Tussle? <laughs> so, like, about the... The fact that he had sex with her and he's a religious man. Like, I mean, they both know they're in trouble. They both know that the possibility of getting caught is high. So mm-hmm. why would he? Why would he, he just not do it? <laughs> he believes in God. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I'm. I don't. I'm not a. I'm not religious. So. <laughs> I think in the beginning, doesn't she say, I'm not going to have sex with you, but then he says, like, I wasn't going to ask? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a dialogue there, but I don't think he's ever like, I want to have sex with you. I don't think he I, ever said that. Things change, people. Well, they were going through a lot. <laughs> they they definitely were. Uh, as far as... And I think in that, they said he wants to, like, in the beginning. I can't remember exactly the wording, but, yeah, that's... There's a lot in that one sentence. To... That's a weird thing to attack the movie with, though. Like, a really weird thing to bring up to go after. Like, that. that's just, I don't know. That doesn't really make a lot of sense for criticism to me. <laughs> no, me neither. The whole movie... None of it makes sense, actually. I didn't get the vibe of it attacking police at all. Like, not even a little bit. Well, no, it, was, it wasn't really attacking police. I, yeah, like, that was. A, I'm saying it wasn't at all. Trying to point out the... Um, racial problems in today's society, and they yeah. succeeded that. But the person that rated that was like, "Oh, ha! Religion. You guys can't get religion right. Bad, bad movie." I think the person who reviewed it just missed the point of it. I guess I don't know. The way that it was read, or but like it felt like the person was angry when they were writing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably also the you know the no commas periods or semicolon makes them seem ranty i i think it's funny that they're commenting on a heterosexual guy wanting sex on the first date i think that that's a given i think that any heterosexual guy on the first date would probably be appreciative of 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 that i don't think that that's something (laughs) i think that's just the way of the world okay I'm not suggesting it would happen. I just think that that's the way that guys are built. Um, okay. Keep an eye. <laughs> okay. You should. Um, okay. So uh, maybe we can do a sort of quick review of Clue because the uh, we're running long. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I would like to preface this. Uh, and if anybody hates the movie, that's completely fine. I love this movie and I have a very personal connection to it. In that uh, when I was growing up, we didn't have cable. 
um, we had an antenna on the top of our roof and an ice storm knocked it off of our roof. It uh, coated it nice and it fell off of our roof and it hung there for about two years because we were living well under the poverty line and couldn't afford to have anybody uh, come in and take it down and uh, my dad had left and so it just dangled off the side of the house. We could get in a very fuzzy Hamilton channel and that was it. And we luckily had a VCR and we had two movies. One of them was Transformers the movie, the animated cartoon, and the other one was Clue. And so my sister and I wore out those tapes watching them at least once a week for two years because it's the only thing we could really watch on TV. And instead of becoming tired with Clue, I loved it and I can recite it word for word, start to finish, and I think that it is super fun. Um, and the first time that I saw it was in the movie theaters a long time ago, way before any of you guys were ever born. And uh, there was this huge cardboard cutout of the the mansion and every window had a different character from the movie and I thought that was super fun. And when it was originally released in the theaters, every theater that showed it got a different ending or, or one of them. So. So when you would go and see it, yeah. you saw Clue, but you saw a version of Clue. And then you would talk to somebody else who saw it at a different theater, and they got a different version of Clue. And so in, like, Niagara, where I think there were two theaters at the time, um, you would get a different ending depending on what theater you went to. And if you went to Thorold, you'd get a different ending. And that was such a neat premise. Mm-hmm. And so what you see, yeah, and so what you see now where it's like a, that's how it could have happened, or maybe it happened like, the the first ending, that was that was a version of the movie that you would have got, and then the different endings would be different versions, and one theater, I think, got, like, all of the endings, but it, uh, I, I think that's, it's kind of gimmicky, but being based on the, the board game, where the board game changes all the time, I, I think that that's really really fun mm-hmm. well uh, first of all that's such yeah. a cool, like connection that you have with that movie yeah. I love that. uh so uh, a quick description according to the internet movie database uh directed by jonathan lynn six guests are anonymously invited to a strange mansion for dinner but after their host is killed they must cooperate with the staff to identify the murderer as the bodies pile up what did you guys think of Clue. I like that. I, I haven't seen it in probably six or seven years, but I enjoyed it. It was fun. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'll let Miranda go. I tend to talk a lot. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I liked it. It was very, like, simple humor. It wasn't forced. It was more, like, it was more natural. So it was more funny that way. Yeah, I, I get the sense that they just put, like, a bunch of funny people in a room and kind of let stuff happen a little mm-hmm. bit, like, almost like a, a sketch comedy. The the scene with Mrs. White when she's talking about how much she hated... Is it the... Flames? Flames? Flames, 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 flames on the side of my face. Breathing, heathing, heathing. And then... 
When I was watching that, I was like, I wonder if that was improv. And I think it was. I think it was. I think I Googled it after I saw it. That's probably one of the best lines of the entire movie. Yeah. She's... I absolutely... Go, Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go. Okay. Uh, I absolutely love this movie. It's one of my, probably one of my favorites I've ever seen. I, uh, I, I just, I love everything about it. It was one of those ones where, like, right after I watched it the first time, I wished I could just erase all knowledge of it and watch, <laughs> watch it again. That's sweet, and I think great praise for a movie. Mister Andrew. Yeah. When you said you could probably recite it. Mm-hmm. Was that for real? Like, do you know it that well that you could? <laughs> yeah, well, if it's on, I, I can say every character's lines as they say it. Oh, okay. You could, you... Can you do the him uh, taking them around and explaining everything? Uh... I don't know. Like, right now, could I do it? No. Right now, like on the, yeah. No, not, no, I could not do that. <laughs> Um, is there any... Maybe when Cameron graduates after her dance. Sorry? Maybe I will Maybe I will do that speech when Cameron does her dance graduation. Her danceuation. There's, uh, so much, there's so many things I need to come back to the school for. <laughs> then you'll have to come back. Uh, I, Miranda said that it was simple comedy. I think a lot of it's really clever, though, too. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, even, oh, like, the little what, lines, like... It was subtle. Yeah. Not exactly subtle, but, the, like, it was natural. It flowed nice. Mm-hmm. I think Tim Curry as a person is just, like... <laughs> I don't even know how to describe him. But, like, any role that he's kind of in, everything just kind of flows nicely, if that makes sense. Yeah. You guys seen Muppet Treasure Island? It's pretty good in that. He plays the Long John Silver. I think this was back when he also cared. I don't know if he... Well, like, I don't know. As he got older, I'm not really sure that that he put the same sort of effort in. But he's like a he's a force of nature in this movie. He's like this little ball of energy. And, and like the, the part where he's explaining and he's running everybody around the mansion is pretty, pretty brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, was Only this he could pull that after, off. Or... After. After? Mm-hmm. That's my Have you ever seen a movie called Legend? Mm-mm. He plays, Google it, um, Legend uh, and then Darkness. He plays a character named Darkness. He plays the oh. devil. And it's incredible. He's awesome, but it's definitely not the kind of performance that you think he would give. It's it's not Tim Curry-y. I think the... he, he he plays a good role in the animated miniseries Over the Garden Wall. He plays a character yeah. called Anti Whispers. Yeah. Who is and I didn't know it was Tim Curry until I uh, looked in the the credits and I was like, that's that's a good role and it's probably one of my favorite characters from that whole show. I highly recommend Over the Garden Wall. It's too. such a good show. I've been meaning to watch it. It's really you would. I think you, Mister Anderson, would really like it. It's 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 a perfect blend of like, oh, this is funny and charming, but it's also that took a dark turn, kind of for a kids thing. Like Gravity Falls. <laughs> really good. 
anyways, before I get, before <laughs> try to take us off track even more. Okay. Um, one of the things that I, I really like about Clue, and after repeated watches, uh, if you go back and you watch it again, you can definitely see where certain characters are missing from scenes. So they're they're going around doing like the murders mm -hmm. and stuff. So if you were to like watch it back, you could figure it out. Um, so like when they yeah, run into... I remember. Sorry, you go. Never mind. Oh, I Sorry. was just gonna say when you when they run into the kitchen um, to try to find the the um, the cook, and she's stuffed into the the fridge. Um, you can like you can look and you can see who's who's not there, and then like, you're like, oh, then like they're out doing something out else and going through a secret passageway and and all that stuff. Parker. Yeah, I had I saw it. Um, I saw it in March of two thousand twenty. So I still remembered like some of the endings. So I was thinking like I was watching that scene. And I was like, okay, you can clearly not see Professor Plum or Miss Peacock here. Because they're off in the possibly doing other things. Mm -hmm. Which ending do you guys think is the real ending? Like, I know it says, um, and this is how it really happened for the third one on the DVD, but, like, since, like that wouldn't have been how it was intended for theaters, right? It would have been uh, a multiple-choice thing. Which one do you guys think is the real one? I don't think that there needs to be a real one since it's based off the board game. I feel like that's, like, that is the ending that you don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I used to play the board game all the time, and I think that it's really cool to base a movie off a board game, so I think that having the no ending is... Sorry, quotations for people listening. Um, I think that's, that's probably my favorite. Yeah, whoop whoop. <laughs> my favorite ending is the one where they all... Well, almost everybody is, is guilty of something. Uh, I think my least favorite is the Miss Peacock one. Mm. Yeah. I agree, but I don't, I, I don't know. I think, sorry. I think the third one is the like I, I kind of like to like theorize and think like okay, well this is I think this is what the real one was. I think it was the third one, but I know that it's kind of against the point of it. But uh, I don't know. I kind of like yeah. to believe it. Well, the third in the one, third one, sorry, the third one just makes more sense. Everybody seems to have a motive, and yeah. like, they kill the person that they're intended to. The other ones where it's Peacock or Miss Scarlet. I don't buy the them murdering the other characters, really. I can't yeah. buy that Mr. Body. I know Mr. Body is Tim Curry in the end, but I can't buy that Tim Curry was Mr. Body. And whoop, whoop, Mr. Body, whoop, whoop, uh, who dies earlier, is the butler. Like, I can really... I'm like, okay, this... Mr. Body guy from earlier, he feels like a rich guy, and Tim Curry feels like the butler. It just felt... I like... It doesn't take me out of it, but this this uh, the guy who dies doesn't really feel like a butler. I, 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 I disagree with that. At the ending when uh, uh, Tim Curry came out as Mr. Body, it felt like... It felt more clever, because... Considering Mr. Body knew they all hated him for uh, all the stuff he's done, he obviously wouldn't put himself in a situation where they could kill him. So sending someone in as a decoy, like he did, was smart. 
Yeah, I, I think that was smart. I think it was more just the way the real Butler acted and the way Tim Curry acted. Tim Curry felt more like a Butler than the actual Butler. So you're and saying... how they encouraged him to kill, um, uh, to to kill Tim Tim Curry. I don't want to do the air quotes, but to to kill um, who we thought was Wadsworth. I don't know. That seems like that's taken a really huge risk there to get a bunch of people mad at you and then encourage them to give them deadly weapons and then encourage them to kill you. Well, he was. You know, I would have been. Sorry. No, you go. Oh no, it's not important. It's <laughs> stupid. Nothing I say is important ever. Uh, I, the, I don't know, the, uh, the, mm, the butler who is pretending to be Mr. Body, he does seem a little rough around the edges, not very polished, um, but he could be putting on that act as well. And then Tim Curry, I think there's something inherently, uh, kind of slimy about him where I, I could definitely see him blackmailing other people that might sound mean but... during the movie when he was talking about I can't quote it but he kept making suggestions of he did this to me and I was going to kill him but he was the butler which didn't make any sense to, well in my mind because if he's the butler wouldn't he just do it himself yeah, maybe. Uh, I I do like the the play the old play on uh, the butler did it. I think that's pretty fun too. Mhm. I would have been mad if I was in the room with those guys and they were handing out weapons and I got like something stupid like a wrench or a, like a candlestick and someone else got a gun. Like I I don't know. I'd feel like I I got uh, I didn't get didn't get. <laughs> yeah. Why not hand out like all guns? I know, I know it's an homage to the board game, yeah. but still, like, could you imagine getting a candlestick and then some of those kids a gun? And then, like, okay, you all have deadly weapons here. What's the worst weapon? <laughs> well, I think it's yeah. Candlestick. That's gonna be the reboot. That's gonna be the reboot of Clue. Like, it's all guns. Or like the rope. I I think the rope is the worst weapon. Yeah, like, what do you think? You'd have to, like, get up, put it around someone's neck, and then, like, tighten it? Yep. And, like, hope they, hope they didn't fight back, right? You could lasso it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a candlestick? You're just like, you can't do what it. What did I do to deserve this? That's Even like, in the dark, like, how are you going to kill someone with a rope when it's pitch like, black? Like, what, what you'd have... I don't know. I don't know what you'd do. I don't really try and plan out kill someone you, you know, don't? That's not, like, a close thing. Like, everybody, like, a gun, I guess you, you, that's, like, you could kill somebody from, like, far away, but, like, everything else is, like, you have to get, like, up close to the person. Yeah. But, again, you know, it's it's all um, to, the, to the board game, so I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um... And it doesn't feel like, I'm, many board game movies, but... I feel like, from what I've heard, like, they're never really that good, but this, and maybe it's because this is an easy thing to, to translate to a movie, but this is a good movie, and it doesn't feel like, like a cash grab in a way, like, where it's like, 
something out. Like, I haven't seen Battleship, but the Battleship movie I've heard is not very good. I think this movie is much better than it like, this deserves just, to be. just feels like a movie. Uh, favorite gags? Or favorite scenes? That could be oh. a small word. Favorite. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let it go. It. Okay. Um, so Thomas seems really frozen. Um, my favorite gag is the uh, singing telegram lady. Or the girl. That's my favorite part, I think, in the entire movie. Just the I am singing telegram bang, and then like they just leave her outside when they go and find her. They open the door and then just like oh yeah, and they just close it on her. And it, it's so callous, but they're so um, they're so used to it and worn down by the the, the situation. I, I really liked some of the little like the like when they were talking really fast. Like there's like the threaten to kill me in public. Why would he, why would you want to kill you in public? Yeah. <laughs> That's then, uh, there's the other it's like I I uh, so I exposed myself and he's like please there's ladies present yeah. some like really British Monty Python kind of humor um, there's the line about they're looking at the um, the uh, the videotape and it's like a double negative is proof positive and I don't know that's fine too. <laughs> just I like, like the. Miranda? Sorry, I was just quoting the Holy Grail. Okay. Uh, Miranda, do you have a favorite part? Um, well, I mean, I like the whole movie. Okay. There was, there was the, at the ending, with the last uh, reveal, where the guy, the detective was like, yeah, I, I guess I never really did it. Like, I never killed anyone. Now I'm going to go sleep with my wife. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it was already... it was He established, yeah, I'm gay. Mm -hmm. So then he's like, yeah, now I'm going to go sleep with my wife. Mm -hmm. And then leaves them. I thought... I just thought that was funny. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so his disguise was that he was a homosexual, right? But there was mm -hmm. no real... There was no real, I guess, point of... Like, I guess I don't know why. Why was that a part of his character? Do you think? I think it was because it's something that. Um, well, you could uh, like he had to have an excuse to be being blackmailed, right? And that's something where it's like I don't know. It's not like so. Like you'd have to have an elaborate backstory for some of the other ones, like the um, like the the selling uh, the secrets and stuff, or like I don't know, like that. And it, um, but for that, you don't really need to, and it, it uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess that, I guess that, that may. I thought it was interesting how, um, like, if you ignore all the endings, I thought some of the characters represent, like, different degrees of doing bad stuff, but they all kind of get treated equally. Like, like, Mr. Green didn't do anything wrong. Um, you know, Mr. Mustard and Miss Peacock were kind of, like, they were, they did something bad, but they weren't, like, completely, like, the, the worst level of evil. And then, like, Miss Scarlet and Professor Plum were pretty awful people. And then, um... Miss White did something horrible, but it, I thought that was interesting how they all kind of like it, it wasn't the same, um, the same level of uh, of of uh, yeah. 
Uh, when you mentioned Miss White, I, I just remember, and what she did, uh, I just remember her line about uh, husbands, how men should be like Kleenexes, soft, strong, and disposable. Yeah. This is a, a good one, too. Uh, Cameron, do you have a favorite part? Um, it's not like a, a line or like a scene, but I think um, I really like the first, I think it's the first full shot that you get of the mansion. Um with like the lightning. I think it's like kind of cheesy where you're like, ooh, spooky lightning, <laughs> spooky house. But I think that like, I think it was like in a way where I'm like, ooh, <laughs> spooky. If, uh, if Hunter was, uh, was still here, he would probably comment on the on that beautiful matte painting. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, is, it is a nice, it's one of those things where it's like, you can always tell when it's a matte painting, but it's still like, Somebody put a lot of work into that to make it look that good. Mm-hmm. I'm also a the sucker. house is beautiful. Yeah, I'm, I'm a sucker that. for those like big mansions stuck in one place for like one night kind of kind of movies. Like it, it has me at that. Oh, and when uh, I, I think it might be when Professor Plum and Miss Scarlet are on the way to the house that you you really see it. Um, and, uh, in the car stalls, <laughs> and she's like, why is the car stop? And he's like, it's scared. Yeah. That's fun too. Yeah. I like that. Uh, favorite character? I like <laughs> Professor... Oh. Sorry? No, go ahead. Sorry, I always talk first. Uh, Miss White. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, Miss White. She is pretty fantastic. The little, I like, <laughs> the little scream that she does when, uh, uh, I think it's Mr. Green is like, I hate it when he does that, and she feels like, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> when I, uh, when I was a, a younger boy, I, I really liked Yvette, um, but, uh, I think, I think I, I'm, I I really like Tim Curry in it. Uh, Miss White is pretty fantastic. I also like Scarlet. What did you like about um, about Yvette? Uh, I, I, she just had like a, a certain je ne sais quoi. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked um, I, I liked uh, Mr. Green and I liked Professor Plum and then of course I like Wadsworth. Yeah. Yeah, Wadsworth was good too. Cameron, do you have a favorite? I don't think I could name them. <laughs> no. Um, and I, I think it's a testament to a movie that it can take a soup eating scene where nobody's delivering any dialogue and make it funny. Yeah. <laughs> that soup looks yeah. disgusting. Mm, how about the monkey's brains? Yeah, well, popular in Cantonese <laughs> yeah. cuisine are not uh, are not common in Washington. <laughs> I, I thought the uh, the scene when the cop walks into the the parlor mm-hmm. and then again, the dead end, he's like, "Don't go in there. You shouldn't see it." And, he's, and he goes in, and he's like, "This isn't weird. It's like there's nothing <laughs> going on at all." Oh, and then there's it. He's like, uh, yeah, "Hey, it's just a. It, you, know, you didn't do anything wrong. It's a free country." And he's like, "Not that. I didn't think it was yeah. that free." <laughs> and he's like, "This. And it's like, these just people having a good time in here." <laughs> I thought that was really. Because <laughs> it's could... that same 
it's that same like uh, I guess that like physical comedy joke where like isn't isn't there like like the like a joke where it's like you turn around and you can like and you like put your arms around yourself and it makes it look like you're, you're kissing. <laughs> yeah. it's kinda, it was kind of like that but like I don't know I just thought it was it was it was a funny scene mm-hmm. okay uh, so letter grades and then we'll go uh, a plus all the way I'm I'm completely in on clue. Thomas. I think I'll give it... I think I'll give it an A. Okay. Cameron? Um, I'm going to give it an A, and I'm going to rewatch it with my brother, because he loves these kinds of movies, and it'll probably, like, bump itself up to an A+, because I'll, like, kind of have a little bit, like, more, like, ooh, what's that, like... Like you said, like seeing what characters are missing and stuff like that. So yeah, it'll. I, I think it does reward more watches. Because, like there are so many jokes in this movie that I, I I think it's hard to to really take them all in. And at the same time, mm-hmm. I think they almost all hit, which is I think unusual for a comedy. I think all the jokes are funny. There's lots going on, and I, I think it's also a movie that's great to share with other people. Mm-hmm. Have your kids seen it, Mr. Yes. Anderson? Yeah. They, they, they loved it, too. That's good. It's got a lot. Like it, it, It's got slapstick humor. It's got mystery. <clears throat> it has witty humor. It has a little bit of gross humor. Like, it's all... Like it's got a lot going for it. Uh, Miranda? I'd give it an A+. A+. Yeah. Excellent. And Parker? Absolutely an A+. It's like 100% one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. Perfect. Lovely. Alright. So, uh, we'll call it a day, and... uh, Is there uh, a a review we can read of it? Or not a review, but like... I did not find one. Uh. So, uh, we'll say goodbye uh, to our listeners. Have an A1 day... Listeners, <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> I think I kind of hesitated because because you said listeners and for some reason that that like that, I don't know I was like what I don't know it threw me off. <laughs>